Dick Buckus is here to discuss the unveiling of his statue later to come. He's mm-hmm. decked out in a navy blue suit with an orange and blue tie. I think we're ready to go. Yeah. Kent Brown will come to the podium first. He Sports Information go. Director. Uh, Hall of Famer and uh, obviously has a statue about ready to be unveiled over here at the Smith Center. So uh, this afternoon with a big uh, uh, event around that. So without really further ado, I'll introduce Mr. Buckus. He makes his way to the podium. So go ahead and open up the question. Well, it's a very humbling experience, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I didn't come here to play and get a statue, you know, after I was done. But uh, So it's very humbling, and, uh, uh, you know, I just... Uh, in my comments, I'm going to mention a few things about uh, that teammates should be involved in this and be thought of also when they look at the statue. So it's a humbling deal. And what else, you know, the hell can you say? It's usually for some dead people, but uh, it's pretty nice. Good. All right. Uh, did you play, you know, in the... Sculptor decides to do this. How, how did you play a role in that? And what was that like? Well, I really made it tough for George. Uh, I, you know, really didn't. Uh, you know, I, I uh, but I, you know, I really, really wasn't for it. I mean, I, how, how could I, you know, insist on anything? He did an excellent job. I mean, I helped him a little bit, but not much. Uh, he, he did it all on his own and did all the research, and it's amazing. Uh, what they have to do to make these uh, statues as far as getting it authentic looking. I mean, he's trying, he's asking me, do I have my shoulder pads? And, uh, you know, well, shit, the shoulder pads are under the jersey. What difference? I mean, no, I don't have them. Because the funny thing is, I, what's not funny, I, I wore my Illinois helmet for the first year or two with the Bears, and I wore those, uh, those shoulder pads, which Paul Shady here, the equipment guy, designed. And I wore them till they literally rotted, uh, I think, the first four years with the Bears. So, uh, I, I, naturally, I didn't have any of that stuff left over. So, he, he did his own research, and, uh, you know, he did a great j- job with uh, Grange, and uh, I'm sure he did a great job with, uh, with, with mine. Uh, how has the game changed since you played until what it is now? Well, uh <clears throat> You know, I, I don't know. It's just uh, with all the rule changes, it's changed the game. Uh, you know, they like to see offense, and uh, you know, although you know they threw the ball uh, a fair amount of times when I was playing. When you had guys like Bart Starr and Unitas, uh, Tarkington, and all that, but it just seems now it's more emphasized on the offense, and uh, with the change of rules, it's. You know, I guess they like to see 59 to 58 games versus, you know, 10 to 9 or something. I don't know. I just, uh, I have a tough time watching it, to tell you the truth, with the antics. doesn't see, it seems like a me world out there on the field like it is in America. It's all about me. So I think they're losing what the hell the game's about. It's a team sport, not individuals. And, uh, you know, in the old days when you would, 
you know, jump up and do a cartwheel after you made a tackle and you're losing 48 to nothing, you'd be taken care of by, by, by your own. No one's going to be showing you up. But, uh, of course, it's different now. It's a business. And, you know, they got to tend to their business. So uh, more power to them, I guess. What does the University of Illinois and Champaign mean to you? <laughs> well, it's a start. Uh, you know, high school is one thing, but uh, choosing a university to go to after your high school career is over uh, is a big step. And uh, I guess I made a good, a good step. And I, I, I guess I can thank uh, Coach Bill Taylor for that, for recruiting me here. Uh, not only just the university or, or and the coaches that you're involved with, uh, it seems like uh, you get involved with the people of Champaign and Urbana. Met some wonderful people. And so uh, to tell you the truth, I mean, I mean, it's, it wouldn't be a bad place to, to live, you know. Uh, uh, so I, I have, you know, good feelings about Champaign and Urbana and the people here. Uh, so I was just very fortunate. <coughs> we changed, <coughs> we changed uh, a losing program to a winner. And uh, well, you can ask. It really worked out well. You had your number retired, inducted in the Hall of Fame, got the statue coming up. Which one of those honors maybe surprised you the most? Uh, well, I, I guess it would be the number and, and the statue, you know. Back a number of years ago, I mean, it just seems like it's it's more in vogue now to have, like at the United Center, you got Jordan and uh, all the hockey guys, and in L.A. you got all them guys, all the basketball players, and uh, so uh, I don't know. It's I guess it's kind of it's going to be there a while. I guess uh, I know George put in a, had to put in a lot of extra steel in the one leg that. Uh, whatever I guess is standing on one leg. So I hope you know a lot of guys don't get hurt if they're hanging over it or uh, hanging on the thing trying to bend it off. I don't know, but uh, I guess the statue would be because it's going to be there for a while. You mentioned you were going to talk to the team this week. Just what's your message to them? My message is no message. <clears throat> I, I I don't speak to teams no more, and that was because. When I had the number of retirement, they wanted me to talk to the team. So I went and talked to the team, and they got beat 66-3, to I believe it was, by Nebraska. So I'm not very good at it. And I know the Bears, Nagy, wanted me to talk to them. I just don't do it no more. You know, it's, it's different. What am I going to say? Uh, you know, I, you know I, we, we came here. It was a losing, a losing team. I think they lost 15 in a row. But the coaches recruited certain guys, and, and we turned the program around. So what am I going to tell these kids? You're in the same situation I was. You know, you can get your ass beat, but you can let them know that, you know what? They're, that's a hell of a team. They come after you. They might not have the quality of players, but they go after you. And the reason I say that is because at the Pro Bowl and at the College All-Star game, I would have opponents come up and, and you know, our, our sophomore year, what, we won two games. Yet some of those all-star guys at these Hawaii, the Hula Bowl, and the Shrine game, 
They said, you know what? We hated to play you guys. I mean, you weren't worth a shit, but we knew we were going to get our ass knocked off. And, you know, and that's kind of a tribute. At least you know you've been in the game when you play us. I don't know if they feel that way here. Listening, listening to coverage of Dick Buckus's press conference here on News Talk 1400. Uh, you mean Illinois? Uh, they're on sometimes, yeah. I, I catch them uh, when they're on the Big Ten channel or whatever. Uh, yeah, I saw the last uh, couple games. Yeah, I'll watch them. Yeah. And then I try to watch whoever, uh, whatever teams have some of our Butkus nominees, our uh, watch list. And uh, so I kind of, because I, I have nothing to do with the voting. I just take a look to see how these kids are doing. Like with Lovey and what, how do you think he's done with this job? Well, he's done what he can do, I guess. Uh, I, I have... You know, I met him when he was with, with the Bears, and I met him here. And you know, Lovey—he's a very quiet guy, low, low, low-key guy. And uh, you know, he's got a tough job ahead of him. You know, it's like I'm going to mention about—you know—kids don't like to come to a small program. I mean, a losing program. You know, they may not—you know, whatever, whatever their reason is. But I—and I, I, I don't understand that because, uh, granted, you know, you want to be on a winning team and all that, but. Wouldn't you get as much excitement and uh, fulfillment of turning a team around? You know, that's, that's what I remember back. We turned a damn losing program around, and we should be proud of that. So, uh, again, I don't know. You know, it's a business now, so I don't know what they're thinking. Is there something you'd like to be remembered by or you want fans to make sure they know, you, know about you outside of your accolades on the field? Not really. You do what you got to do. And what I mean by that, I, I met a very interesting guy, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. And uh, he went by Secret Santa. That was his name. He's the guy that at the end of the year, uh, around Christmas time, he'd go out, and whatever there is a tragedy, he would go and, you know, hand out money. Like we, So he called me, and he asked me to go with him. So we went to San Diego. You know, and the people are there living in tents after a fire, lost everything. And he'd come up with his white jumpsuit on and a red hat, uh, talk to him a little bit, give him a couple bucks and leave. He didn't want to be known. He, he, had a, he had a Kansas City star reporter and photographer. They begged him to, let, to go with him. And, they, and he says, you can go with, but don't ever show my face, and you do not tell who I am. Thus, Secret Santa is his name. So, <clears throat> so I started trailing with him a couple of times, uh, five years or six years. Guy ends up getting cancer and dies, but... Uh, he taught me a lot about about giving, and I mean there the stories that we we would come across with people, and I just thought he was so neat of a guy. He was homeless. He started out homeless himself. Uh, I'll tell you real quick. He he, he was he was uh, in Mississippi, and he was going to come to Kansas City to visit his sister, 
and he was living in his car for a while. So he said, well, I'm going to go in here in this cafe and have me a good breakfast. I got no money. What is he going to do? And then I'm going to steal some gas. I'm driving up to Kansas City. So he goes into this place, and Ted Horn's the owner in Bruce, Mississippi, a little cafe. And he goes in there, and he has a big breakfast, and he's having his coffee now, and he's thinking, do I run out of here, or how the hell do I get out of here? And uh, so just then, Ted comes from around the counter and bends down, and he pulls up a $20 bill. He says, here, sir, you must have dropped this. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, right. And so he pays. And as he's walking out, he says, Lord, if I ever make it, it's payback time. So he goes to Kansas City. He's selling magazines or whatever, and he's, uh, he's got about 500 bucks in the bank. So he goes to this coffee shop one morning, and there's a homeless woman there. And so he reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a 20. And it reminds him. He puts it back. He drives over to the bank, waits for it to open, and he draws 250 out of his 500. He goes back and gives it to the homeless woman. And she says, no, 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 sir, you don't know what you're doing. He says, no, no, that's all right. From that day on, everything he touched turned to gold. And he, he did this communications deal that was, I don't know how much he made, but so then he started giving it back. So I was traveling with him at the time. So we go back to Bruce, Mississippi after Katrina. We are doing, uh, after Katrina, doing some work there. So we go back to Ted Horn's place, or he did. I actually went to Ted's home, uh, his house, and we had breakfast that one year. But he, he went back to the, to the restaurant. He walks in there, and he's looking around, and this Ted Horn's still there, the owner. And he, he says, hey, do you recognize me? The guy's looking like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, maybe. You know, why would I remember you? And he's, he says, well, he tells him the story about the 20. He says, what do you think that $20 would be now with, uh, with interest and all that? And the guy's, I don't know, this is what you're talking about. And so he rips off like 10 grand and gives it to him. And Ted's like, Jesus, what? The, you know? <laughs> and so the following year, he has, we go over to Ted's and he made the same breakfast that uh, Larry had when he was in there. <laughs> he was going to run out on the tab. So that's the kind of guys I, I you know, I really, he was a real eye opener for me. And uh, so I try to carry on a little bit. And just, uh, you know, no needs to know what you're doing. You just try to help people. You got started playing football. Was there somebody that kind of empowered you or inspired you or somebody like that? Well, maybe my, uh, maybe my brother, Ron. Uh, I was the youngest of nine kids, you know, and he, he, was, he, uh, he was here for a while, a whistle stop, training camp or whatever at Illinois. And so I, I kind of looked up to him a little bit. and. Then, of course, he, he knew Nitschke, and my sophomore year in high school, I think we came here and, uh, for spring game, and Ray was here, and Ron and my brother introduced me to Ray. So I started following Ray uh, a little bit. Uh, but I just, uh, I just had that self-motivation, I think. It's just when I'd watch people or whatever, uh, whatever they did wrong, I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn it around because that, then help them do this and do that. Uh, you know, I went to uh, a vocational high school uh, in Chicago, which allows you to go to go the, to the school when you're not in their district. And uh, a buddy of mine that we grew up with since kindergarten, he says, "Hey, they got they got a good coach over there, Bernie O'Brien at CVS." I said, well, "Let's go. We're going." 
So we got to the city championships uh, two years later. So everything was geared for me. I was very fortunate. I knew I was tunnel vision. I knew what I wanted to do, and uh, and I lucked out and uh, was able to do what I wanted to do up to a certain point, and then then the injuries came. So that sometimes is a, is a sign to say it's over. So uh, that's why I'm not, you know, I try not to be so macho with the cane, but I got this neuropathy, and it. it's like I'm drunk all the time. I mean, without drinking, and believe me, that's not fun. I'd rather be drunk and wobble, but uh, I cannot, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. So I got to look like I'm 80 years old here. Red Grange's statue went up. People now like talk about it. meet meet a red, you know, like they do with Mijuel's statue in St. Louis. Meet a red. They're going to probably do the same thing with your statue. You kind of like that idea, but people are coming to see your statue. They're going to they're going to come. I don't quite understand. What do you mean? They're going to come? Meet the statue, you know, as a place to meet your. Oh yeah, that'll yeah. be a sign poster. Yeah, yeah. Let's meet at that statue. That'd be cool, yeah. Watched the Illini this year. Any of the guys stick out to you? You like the way they play? Well, it, it's it's funny. You know, certain guys stand out in different games. It doesn't seem like they're putting it all together. You know, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Uh, you know, and then what Peter said, I don't know. Is he going to be able to play tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, it'd be good. To, it'd be, that's too bad if he don't because, you know, Michigan. But uh, no, not not really. I, I uh, you know, you like I said before. I try to watch the, my linebackers. Uh, you know, and it's real hard on TV. So I just like any other fan. I just sit there and watch the game as it, as it's presented by the TV people. So uh, you know, some guys have like I say, some guys look like they had great games, and then the next week uh, you can't find them. Linebackers who were maybe inspired by the way you play. Well, uh, I would tell them, you know, get on with your life, buddy. You know, uh, if they're playing now and they're thinking back to my days, uh, uh, you know, it's just like at the Hall of Fame. We, uh, you know, we have our luncheons and we talk. You know, only to players and everything. And I, and I just uh, when Erlacher got in and uh, Lewis got in same year, I just. You know, and then Lanier picks me out to talk or something, and I, God damn it, I don't. So I, I just said, like, you know, all you other guys, you know, you're all probably wishing you'd be linebackers, but we know that can't be because you got to be a great athlete to be a, you know, a linebacker because you got to do so many things. And so they're all like giving me the eye or whatever, some of the running backs and whatever. But uh, I don't know, linebackers. I just think is. Well, at least it wasn't my time. It was fun to play. Now it's it's getting so specialized, and with the you know with the passing game and everything else, you it's very rarely you see uh, like a middle guy like like this Cal kid uh, Weaver. He looks like a old school middle linebacker guy. Uh, but a lot of them are like on the corners, you know, like like uh, Cleo Mack. You know, he's supposedly a linebacker. Come on, uh, but he's good. He's good, so he can be called a linebacker. Mentioning Mac, the Bears defense went through a rough stretch. How excited? How, how exciting is it for you as such a great? Defense? Well, it's just like any, it's just like anybody. You know, you, when your when your team starts winning, you know, all of a sudden you 
you know, you're kind of uh, raised from the dead. Uh, you know, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Hopefully they're doing good. And then when they're in the playoffs, oh, you're on the sidelines there and everything else. Well, where the hell were you when <laughs> they were struggling? So we all jump on that wagon. So, uh, I, you know, you just wish the best for for uh, the, the teams that you played with and that you follow. And, you know, I when people ask me about them, I thought, well, they're, they're not going to surprise anybody and they got to, really tough schedule so they got to be really lucky with injuries and uh uh you know but Stravinsky goes down and then you know everybody's bitching about the new quarterback and you know so everybody is able to find a find a reason to get on their case but uh they've got a way to go so it's not over yet how would you say Jordan was able to sell you on this project well, I really probably didn't have much to say about it. I think they just kind of almost went ahead with it anyway. <laughs> you know? uh, well, you, it's, come on. I mean, uh, yeah, what, what? You know, someone. You know, if they wanted to put you a statue of you for a writer or whatever you do, I mean, how do you feel about it? Oh, I deserve it. <laughs> you know, maybe the kids today will say it, but I, you know, uh, it's very a humbling deal. And, you know, and you wonder, you know, why, man? You know, I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I, you know, I, shit, I had fun knocking the shit out of people, you know. So, so if it was that unusual, I guess you, you take it, you know. What do you do for fun these days? If you got a spare hour or two to kill, are you a pickleball player? Do you play tennis? Do you... I no, I can't play. Won. I can't play golf. I'm a. Uh, I'm a. Uh, uh, I guess I'm a, a big fan, uh, and my new sport is volleyball, uh, because my grandson, uh, he plays for uh, UCLA, and uh, he's six nine and about two forty five. He he'd love to play football, but. My daughter uh, saw that movie Concussion, and that was the end of that. <clears throat> and he, so he had said Concussion playing volleyball gets hit in the head. So anyway, uh, so I go to his game. Uh, he's 6'9". His uh, girlfriend who plays on UCLA's team, she's 6'7". And uh, they make a nice couple, 6'7", six, 6'9". Six, and so we go to their games, and then uh, his younger brother, uh, he's just turned 15, and and he's about six five now, and uh, he's going to be a volleyball player also. So that's my new sport, volleyball. And in fact, uh, we're thinking about going to the game tonight. I was going to tell him, you know, you pack ten people here, see how we really play the game in the Big Ten. Sent out a really interesting photo. I think it was of your childhood home, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where was that on the south side? Well, what streets was that on? Hundred third, hundred. 3324 South Low. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, you know, an expansive 700 and some square feet house with, and, uh, with nine, nine people living there. But we went back there. My brother Ron and Don, we went back there. And, of course, they got in an argue who slept here and whatever. And there's a, there's a stolen cement mixer engine buried under the ground here. And now they put a concrete garage slab on there because it was, you know, dirt. And I always tell a story about my, my brother. You know, you think I was tough. 
when I was a kid, I was in the garage, and, and he is since, he's a, you know, steel fabricator, welder, and everything else. That's what he used to do. But I was a young kid, and I was standing by him, and he was in the garage, and we had a dirt floor in the garage, and he had something in a vice, and he was soldering it. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I'm smelling like burnt chicken feathers. And I'm looking, I look down, and he's under there. I mean, he's doing the soldering with bare feet, and the lead, or the, 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 you know, the molted, melted steel is flicking off his foot. And he's like, you know, like he was being harassed by a gnat or something. And I'm like, what the, smoke and everything? I mean, you talk about a tough guy. And uh, he should have played. He played in high school, but fell in love. And that's, everybody's got their deal. <laughs> huh? That was the end of that. <laughs> Live coverage of Dick Buckus's press conference. Yes. Well, I don't know if they're, you know, where it came from, but you know, Pirelli, uh, Tony Pirelli, and then you had. Uh, Nitschke, of course, and uh, we, we had some good ones. And then, you know, we, you had back-to-back uh, -back, uh, Illinois guys, Howard, and then win the Butkus Award. You know, it caught a lot of shit from the Southern people, like, oh, it was fixed, but I don't vote for it. So, so it was, and, uh, you know, everybody was always talking about these other schools that are linebacker schools. I said, you know, Illinois doesn't do too bad itself, so... Um, so I, uh, to end here, I, I just, uh, I, you know, our flight was canceled yesterday and it, we didn't get in until three in the morning and all, f you know, 14 of our family. So I might be under the weather here, a little pissed off about something, but, uh, get over it as they say. So I uh, appreciate you coming and, uh, write good things. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>